Hey, what's up? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. It's great to see you today. Today we're starting the parak called, um, what's this parak called? Kol Kisve. Kol Kisve HaKodesh. Yeah, it's cool. Today's a cool dap. Um, we're talking about saving, uh, things from fires. So, can you save a translated book? So, do you save translated books like Torah Nevi'im, Uchsuvim, from fires? Um, do you, yeah, we're talking about writing amulets a little bit, but, but nothing too technical there. Um, ooh, there's this little fly thing. Alright. Fly away, little guy. Alright. Um, saving books written with alternative inks. Okay. Um, and then we talk about, you know, the minimum size for something to be considered, uh, something that you would save. We'll get to all this exciting stuff. Let's move on. Uh, we are on Daf Kuf Tes Vav. Amud Aleph at the beginning of the parak. Kokisve Akodesh Matzilin Osim Pnead Leka. So all Kisve Akodesh, all holy books, all holy writings, you would save from a fire. Now, Bainche Koren Boyen, Bainche and Koren Boyen. Now, whether these are books that you read from or whether these are books that you don't read from, what does that mean? So a book that you read from would be, well, of course, you know, Torah you read from, the five books of Moshe. You read from, but also Nevi'im, right? The prophets, we read from the prophets in Shul and Aftorah. So what are examples of books that you wouldn't read? So interestingly, Ksuvim, um, things like Eov, Mishle, things like that. So Rashi says that on Shabbos, they, or even the Mishnah says, but uh, anyways, that on Shabbos, they would have shiurim in the Beis HaMedrash, so that the people who are working all week, they can chaperain and, and learn a little bit of halacha on Shabbos. Now, the thing with ksuvim is that you can really get involved in them, and you can get, uh, you can lose track of time, and you'll say, you know what, I don't, I don't want to go to the shir, I'd rather just read the, the ksuvim. And because of that, they say, you know what, you're not allowed to read ksuvim, because we want to make sure that people are going to go to the shir. Very interesting. So, and even if they are written in any language, such as Aramaic or nowadays, let's say English, um, you would save them from a fire. And it's a question, it's actually machlokas, if you would save them from the fire or not. And tuunim gniza. And then the Mishnah says that you have to tuunim um, gniza. Rashi says that you basically wouldn't be able to be mafkir them. You wouldn't be able to... Um, just leave them in some random place. You'd have to deal with them appropriately if for whatever reason you wanted to um, get rid of it. So you'd have to, I don't, we don't really go into details of what you would have to do, but generally speaking, I think we bury, bury things that need to have Geniza. So now, okay, fine, great. And how come we do not read, right? The, the, we said that we don't read Ksufim. Why don't we read Ksufim? Because, um, as I said, that if, you were to read these ksuvim, so then you might get very absorbed in it, and you won't go to the halacha shir, and we want you to go to the halacha shir. Says the Gemara, Itmar, we have machlokas amoraim, hayu ksuvim tagum, ovcholashin, so if you had these um, books, some of these books, so you have a cloth, you have, um, I don't know, you're probably writing with the correct inks that you need to use, whatever it is, so you have these, I don't know, uh, Tanakh, you have books of Tanakh, and they are written down. 
but they're written down in Aramaic or maybe some other language, maybe English. Rav Huna Amar, Ein Matzilin Ousan says that you would not save it from a fire on Shabbos. Okay, fine. Rav Chizda Amar Matzilin Ousan Rav Chizda says that you would save it from a fire on Shabbos. Now, the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, so apparently there's machlokas about when you have um, svarim of Tanakh and they are translated, are you actually allowed to read them or not? Right? If you translate Tanakh into English, can you read, are you allowed to read that? Are you allowed to read Tanakh in English? So, according to the Mandamur says, yes, you are. Well, then certainly, you know, if these are books of Tanakh, that we use and that we read, um, so then of course you would save them from a fire on Shabbos. Kipligate, the machlokas between Rafuna and Rafhizda, where Rafuna says that you're not that you would not save these translated books from a fire. So the machlokas is only according to Mandamu who says that you are not allowed to read translated books of Tanakh. So, Ravuna Amar Ein Matzilin, Deha Lo Nitnu Likros Boen. So, Ravuna says, we don't save these books because, after all, these are not books that you can actually use or uh, that you would read or anything like that. So, there's no reason to um, save them from a fire on Shabbos. Whereas, of Chizda Amar, Matzilin Mishum Bizion Kisve Akodesh, Rav Chizda says, even though you don't read it, still you would save these translated books from a fire. Because at the end of the day, if we just allow these books of Tanakh, that they might be translated, but if we just allow them to get burnt in a fire, so then it's, 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 it's disgraceful to um, the Tanakh and to the Torah. So therefore, even though they're translated, and even though, according to this Manda Amr, you wouldn't be able to read them, nonetheless, we wouldn't just allow them to, to just get burned in a fire, according to Rav Chizda. Okay. Now, the Gemara asks Akasha on Rav Huna. Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah, all of these holy writings, Matzilin Osan, Mipne Adleka, we save them from a fire on Shabbos. As we said, whether these are books that you read from them, whether these are books that you don't read from them, we're going to break this down in a second. And even though they are written in any language. Now, says the Gemara, my love, so how do we understand this? This Mishnah, our Mishnah that we just quoted. Shekorin Nevim. When the Mishnah says that whether it's a book that you read from, so that's a reference from the, from the two of the Navi, right? As Rashi says, that we read, for example, from the, we use them for the Haftorah in the, uh, in, in, in Shulan Shabbos. Misha'ein Korin Boen. Suvim. And when we say books that we don't read from, that is the Ksuvim, as we said, right? Things like, Eov, uh, Mishle, fine. Then it says, And even though they are written in any language, and what seems to be the Chiddush there about them being written in any language? They're not allowed to read them, right? Because if they're written in any language and you're allowed to read them, well then, of course you would save them. Meaning, we already said that you would save Navi. You would save Ksuvim, even though you don't read Ksuvim, you would still save Ksuvim, right? Obviously, you would save the, 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 the five books of Moshe, the Chamin Shechum Torah. 
And if we're saying that a translation of the Torah you're allowed to read, well, why, why, why would then I have any reason, any thought to say that I wouldn't save it from a fire, right? I save all these other books of Tanakh from the fire. Why shouldn't I save this? The Chiddush is that even though when they're translated, you're not allowed to read them, nonetheless, and you would save them from the fire. Vikatani matzilin. And we're saying that you would save them. Therefore, it's a kasha on Rav Huna who says that um, you would not save uh, these books that um, are translated and that you would not read, right? Rav Huna says that if these translated books you are not allowed to read, if you would say that you're not allowed to read them, so then you also would not save them from the fire. Yet our Mishnah seems to be assuming that these translated books you're not allowed to read, and yet we're saying that we save them from a fire. Wow, interesting. The light is coming through like the window in an interesting way that's actually doing some weird illusion in my left eye and it's distracting. So one second, I'm just going to close the shade real quick. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> Fine. So we said no. So, so our mission is saying that even though you wouldn't read translated books, um, nonetheless, you would save them from the fire. Fine. Armila Hrufuna. So Hrufuna says, no, it's not a kash on me. Vitizbra, let me ask you a question. Ema Seifa, Tunin Gniza. What does the Mishnah say when it continues? It says that you have to write, um, you know, hide away these books properly, right? These books that you save from the fire. So you wouldn't be allowed to just leave them out at Hefker. You would have to um, sort of bury them or, or put them away properly. Snahashta, Tunin and Gniza Mibai. Right? Or really, Grinizami, but it's a question, right? So, so, one second. So if we're saying that all of these books, so you would save them from a fire, including translated books that you're not allowed to read, you would save them from the fire. So if you save them from a fire, then obviously also, you know, these are things that we would want to not just make hefker and we want to um, sort of, I don't know if the right word is dispose, but put them away properly. So Ella... Rav it's the time of Rav it's the time. So rather, um, Rav Huna is going to explain the Mishnah in a way that makes sense according to him. And Rav Chizda, who says that even though, even when you're not allowed to read translated books, you would, you would still save them from the fire, he's going to explain the Mishnah in a way that makes sense according to him. Let's see. So Rav Huna it's the time. So Rav Huna explains our Mishnah according to the way that he learns. Bein shekorn boem nevin. When it says that you save books of Tanakh that you read, so that's referring to Nevi'im. What are books that we don't read? Ksuvim. We don't read Ksuvim. Fine. Now, when do we say that you would save these books? When they're written in Hebrew. But if these books were written in any other language, Aramaic, English, you would not save them from the fire. However, even though a translated book of Tanakh, you would not save from a fire on Shabbos, however, you would have to do Geniza if you want to, um, you know, dispose of it. Rav Chizim Atariyat's 
So now Rav Chizda explains the reason, uh, the Mishnah according to his reasoning. Bein shekorin boyen nevim. When it says books that you read, that's referring to navi. Uvein shein korin boyen ksuvim. Books that you do not read, that's referring reference to ksuvim. Afopish ksuvim b'cholashin navi matzilin. And even if it's written in any language, you would also, right? All, all of these examples you would save, right? Whether it's nevim, whether ksuvim, whether it's written in any language, you would save all of these books. And then what? When we're talking about Geniza, it means, and even if they get worn out, you would still have to do Geniza. You can't just throw them away. Even if they get worn out um, to an extent that I guess you wouldn't save them anymore, but still you would, um, you would, you would uh, require Geniza. We try to bring another Kash against Rafuna. So now we have a b'risa which says that if you have these books of Tanakh that are written in Aramaic or in any language, you would save them from a fire. So that seems to be a kashan of Funa, right? So Amalek Rufuna, Haitana Sarva, Nitnu Likrosbain. So Rufuna would say, no, not a kashan. I mean, this b'risa that says that even though they're written in other languages, you would save them from a fire, that is because the Tana of this Mishnah holds that you're allowed to read books that are translated. Now, of course, I agree that if you're allowed to read these books, then you would save them from a fire. I'm only saying that you don't save them from a fire if, according to Madamur, says that you're not allowed to read them. Toshma, come in here. Giftis, Midis, Ivris, Ilmis, Ivanis. If you have these books that are written in Giftis or Midis, or Ivris. Ivris is actually, um, I believe it's referring to the, to, to the, to Ivris lettering, meaning you have it, the Torah that it's written in Lashon HaKodesh, but instead of using the Ashuris letters, which are the letters that we use, um, they use the Ivris letters to write the Torah. Ilmis Yivanis, Yivanis is Greek. Savabishalonitnu Likros, even though you're not allowed to read them. New, so the author of this brisa clearly holds that in these different languages you're not allowed to read them. And nonetheless, you would save them from a fire. Well, that certainly sounds like a problem for Afuna, who says that you would not save them from the fire if you're not allowed to read them. So Afuna responds and he says, you know what? It's a machlokas tanoi. The question of when you have these books that are translated, according to the Manda Amu, who says that you're not allowed to read them, would you save them from a fire on Shabbos or not? The Maiset, it's a machlokas tanaim. There is a Tanya, there is a Tana that says that when you're not allowed to read them, you also would not save them from the fire. And I hold like that Tana. Let's see. The Tanya is we learn in the Targum, If you have these uh, books that are written, in Aramaic or in any other language, you would save them from the fire. Okay. Now it's unclear. It doesn't, you know, this Tanakama is not saying whether you're or not you're allowed to read from them. Okay. But you would save them from the fire. Fine. Rabbiosi Omer says, says You would not save these books from a fire. Fine. Okay. Um Rabbiosi says Rabbiosi. There was a story with my father Chalafta. Of course, Rabbi Yossi, Stam Rabbi Yossi in the Gemara, is Rabbi Yossi bar Chalafta. So he's t- saying that his father Chalafta, 
Shalach Eitzel Rabban Gamliel Bribi. That he went to Rabban Gamliel. Bribi just means the son of somebody great. And Rabban Gamliel certainly was the son of somebody great. His father was Rabban Shimon Gamliel. His grandfather was Rabban Gamliel Azakin. We learned about Rabban Gamliel Azakin and Rabban Shimon Gamliel. It sounds pretty crazy, but we mamish learned about them a hundred pages ago. Today we're learning Daf Kuf Tesvav. We learned about them on Daf Tesvav, right? That we said that in the last 100 years of the Beis HaMikdash, Hillel and his son Shmuel, no, his son Shimon, and Shimon's son, Rabbi Gamliel Azakin, and his son, Rabbi Shimon, they were the Nesim of the last 100 years of the Beis HaMikdash. Now we are talking about that, um, now we are talking about that Shimon, right? So we had Hillel, Shimon, Rabbi Gamliel Azakin, his son, uh, Reb Shimon, and then Reb Shimon's son was Rabban Gamliel, who we're talking about in this story. And then, oh no, no, so one second, one second, one second. So this, no, 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 sorry. So the father of this Rabban Gamliel was not Reb Shimon Gamliel. His son was Reb Shimon Gamliel, and Reb Shimon Gamliel's son was Reb Yudah Nasi. And it's on Janine's chart over there. Right, so basically you had Hillel. Hillel had a son named Shimon. Shimon had a son named Gamliel. That was Rabbi Gamliel Azakin. Rabbi Gamliel Azakin had a son, Shimon. Okay, that Shimon had a son, Rabbi Gamliel, who is, you know, Stam Rabbi Gamliel. And then, and that's who we're talking about in this story. And then Rabbi Gamliel had a son, Shimon. That was Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. And then he was the father of Rabbi Yudah Nasi. Very exciting. So, back to our story. So, Rabbi Yossi says that there was a story with his father, Chalafta. Shalach Eitzel Rabbi Gamliel Bribi. That he went to Rabbi Gamliel, the son of somebody great, the Tveria. And he went to visit him in Tveria. Fine. Umtsahu Shaya Yoshev al Shuchano, Shayochnan and Nazuf. Okay. And Chalafta found. Now, interesting. Hmm, interesting. So it says that he went to visit Rabbi Gamliel in Tveria. Now we have that story also from Daflamid Gimel Amud Beis where it says that Rabbi Yossi was exiled to Tzipori. But he's, this is a story about his father Chalafta. So I don't know if this was necessary. This could have been like before he was exiled to Tzipori. But in any of I'll call upon him. Fine. So Chalafta went and he found um, Rabbi Gamliel in Tveria and he was by a certain fellow named um, Yochanan Anazuf, Uviyadu Sefer Iyuv Targum, Vukaribo. And Rabban Gamliel had the book of Iyuv, and it was translated to Aramaic, and he was reading it. Hmm, okay. So we see that Rabban Gamliel was reading this translated Sefer. Okay. Omar lo. And Chalafta said to Rabban Gamliel, Zachor, I don't know if it's Chalafta or Rabbi Chalafta. I don't know. I don't see that he's referred to as Rabbi Chalafta anywhere. So Chalafta it is. So Chalafta said to Rabbi Gamliel, Zachor ani Rabbi Gamliel avi avicha shoya omir agabi maile b'harabayis. So Chalafta said to Rabbi Gamliel, I remember your grandfather. Rabbi Gamliel Azakin. 
And one time he was standing on one of the stairs to Harabayas. They viewed the fun of Sefer Eov, Targum. And they brought in front of him the same exact book that you're reading. The book of Eov. And it was translated into Aramaic. And your grandfather, he told, he instructed the builders, builders, put this book of translated Eov under the stones of the wall. I.e., I'm not reading this translated book of Eov. I.e., you're not allowed to read translated books of Tanakh. So guess what happened? And so at that point, Rabbi Gamliel said, Wow, I did not know that. And then he, uh, he also, he also um, got rid of this translated book of Eov that he was reading. Okay, let's just go on for another minute. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer says, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Areva Shaltit, Kafu Olav. So Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda said that actually what happened with um, the story of Rabbi Gamliel Azakin was that they took a, um, uh, uh, like a container full of uh, mud and they, or cement and they spilled it over this translated Eov. Now Omer, Rabbi, Shtei Bedavar, Rabbi said to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, he says, that part doesn't make sense, that they would have taken a bucket of cement and spilled it over the translated Eov. Chada, for reason number one, is v'chitit bahar abayis minayin. Where would they have had cement on higher bias? They didn't use cement on higher bias. V'od, and more so v'chimutu abdon biyad. Would you be able to simply just destroy this translated book? Right? Meaning, even according to Ravuna, we said, right? We said, even according to Ravuna, who says that, that according to Madama, who says that you're not allowed to um, read translated books, but you still have to do Geniza. So, Ella, Manichan Bimakum Atorfa, Vein Markivin Meilen. Rather, what you do is, no, you, Rabbi Gamliel would have just kind of, Rabbi Gamliel Azakin would have just taken this Sefer Eov that was translated and, you know, put it under the uh, wall, let's say, and just let it rot on its own. Okay. New, so, 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 what do we see from that story? So, we see that, um, Rabbi Yossi, A, he says, Ein Matzilin Osama when they're translated. And then he brings that story from his father, Chalafta, where he, where Chalafta had this story with Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Gamliel Azakin that basically they had this Sefer Eov that was translated and you're not allowed to read it. So we see that basically according to Rabbi Yehuda, not only are you not allowed to read a translated book of Tanakh, also you wouldn't save it from a fire. So that's Rav Huna's man. So man tanoi. So now the Gemara says, so in sort of in everything that we've just described up until now, right? So Rafuna wanted to say that whether or not you would, um, save a, uh, translated book of Tanakh, according to if you hold that you don't read it. So Rafuna says that this is actually machlokas tanoim. So man tanoi. So who are these Tanaim that would line up with Rafuna and Rafhizda's opinion? So if you're gonna say that it that the two Tanaim are the Tanakam and Rabyosi, right? So remember, in this Brisa, so we had Rabyosi's opinion, of course, that you would not save these uh these um, translated books. And the Tanakama was Ayuksuvin Tagum Vholashumatsilinosamadleka. Tanakama says that you would save these translated books. So we'll say that Rav Chizda, who says that you would save these translated books, 
So he holds like the Tanakam over there. And Rav Huna says that you would not save the translated books. He holds like Rav Yo, like Rav Yossi. But that, that wouldn't necessarily work because Vidilma brought Maybe the machlokas between Rav Yossi and the Tanakama is, my sovereign nisnu likros boyen, my sovereign lo nisnu likros boyen. Maybe the Tanakama simply holds that you're allowed to read from translated books. And because you're allowed to read from translated books, that's why you would save them. Right? But we're trying to find a Tana that holds that you are not allowed to read translated books. And nonetheless, you would save them. And that would be who Rav Chista would be going like. So, Ella, Rav Yosef, Tana, the Giftis. Right? If you remember, we earlier, we had a Brisa about Giftis. Even though you're not allowed to read these translated texts, you nonetheless would save them from fire. So that's going to be Rav Chizda's b'risa that he's going to, his Tana that he goes like. And Rav Huna is going to be like Rav Yossi, who says that even though you're not allowed to read from these translated books, nonetheless, uh, also, meaning you're not allowed to read from these translated books, and you also do not save them from a fire, that uh, so Rav Huna is going to hold like Rav Yossi. Okay, very, very nice. That's the machlokas between Rabbi Yossi and, well, it's machlokas between Rav Chizda and Rav Huna about do you save these translated books according to the Manda Amr who says that you're not allowed to read them. Fine. Tana Rabbanan, the rabbis taught, Habrochis ve'akmein Afopisha ishbayin osiyas shalsheim umeinyanus harbe shabatora in matzilin osin p'neyad leiko. Okay. So Bryce that says that brachis, regular brachis, whatever it is, any 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 of these brachis, um, if you write them down, or if you have these amulets and you write down these amulets, even though they have God's name in them, and you know at least in amulets they quote all sorts of psukim in the Torah. As Rashi points out, things like, uh, you know, right? these, these kind of positive saving oriented psukim. So even though these amulets and these brachis have God's name, they may have uh, psukim in them. In Matzilin Osan Pnead Leika, you do not save them from a fire on Shabbos. Rather, they're going to be burnt uh, in their place where they are, them, and uh, any shemos of Hashem that are written on them. Mikan Amru, from here they said, Wow. So from here they said that people who write down brachis, it's like they are burning down, it's like they are burning the Torah. Because uh, if you write down brachis, in the event that there is a fire on Shabbos, you wouldn't be allowed to save them, and you're basically creating a situation in which and God's name is going to be burnt. There's a story about a certain fellow, that he was writing down, I guess, brachas and amulets in Sidon. Wow. So they came and they told Rabbi Shmuel, listen, Rabbi Shmuel, there's a fellow who was writing down brachas and amulets. So Rabbi Shmuel went to go see what was going on. When Rabbi Shmuel was going up the ladder to get to this fellow's home, so this fellow, or at least his workspace, this fellow realized, uh-oh, I'm about to get busted. 
So he took a, you know, some like notebooks filled with brachis and he put them in a bucket in a pail of water so that, you know, to basically destroy the evidence. And Rabbi Shmuel said to this fellow, the, 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 the punishment for the latter transgression that you did is worse than the first one. The first one being having written down these brachis and command in the first place. I guess in this case it was just brachis. Um, or maybe not, maybe it was both. So, so worse than having written down these brachis and amulets, uh, was the fact that you then destroyed them. Which is interesting. So like, does that mean that like you shouldn't really write, it sounds like from here, like you shouldn't be writing amulets in the first place, right? Right? It sounded like Rabbi Shmuel was not pleased that this fellow was writing amulets. Interesting. Oh, so the Rish Galusa asked Rabbi Barafuna, so if you add these farm and they were written with these alternative inks, right? In general, we write Sifrei uh, Torah and Mezuzas, everything that we write, we generally write with Dio, with this black Dio ink. But what if you wrote these Svarim with some ink or sikra, bukumus, kankantum, bilashana kodesh, but you wrote it in Hebrew. You wrote it in, in, in lashana kodesh. So you, it was in the correct language, but you didn't use the correct ink. So matzilin also pinadleko e matzilin. So would you save these books from a fire or not? Now, continues the Rej Galusa. Now, going back to our machlokas, between would you save translated books from a fire or not? So it says the Rish Galusa, look, I can go either way. Even according to Avchizda, who says that you would save the translated books, I can make the argument that maybe Avchizda would hold that you would not save these books that were written with these different inks. And even according to Huna, who says that you would not save these translated books, I can make the argument that maybe over here you would say that you would save it. Let's see. So I can make, you know, so, so I'm asking according to the Mandamur says that you wouldn't save translated books because because maybe over there the only reason why he would say that you would not save them is because they're translated. But over here, this is written in the correct language. It's written in Lashon HaKodesh. Sure, it's written in a different kind of ink, but it's written in Lashon HaKodesh. Maybe uh, over here you would save it. Right? Or perhaps I'll say that even according to the Mandama who says that you would save translated books, that's only if these translated books are written in Dio, which is the preferred ink because Dio lasts, it lasts a long time. It, it holds better. And therefore, even though it's translated, you're still going to save it because it's written. But over here, even though it's written in Lashon HaKodesh, but it's written with these inks that are going to, they're going to rub out. They're not going to last. So therefore, maybe you wouldn't save it. 
So Amr Lei ain't matzilin. So Rafuna, so Rabbi Bar Rafuna answered to the Reish Galusi. He says, "Look, you're not going to save them. You're not. You're not. You're not going to save these uh, these uh, sfarim. Sure, they're written in lashon hakodesh, but they're written in um, less than ideal. In, in they're not written in the ideal ink, and therefore you're not going to save them." To which the Reish Galusa responds and he says, yeah, but actually, Rav Hamnuna um, taught from a brysa that you would save these books that are written in Lashon Kodesh but with different inks. So Rav Barfuna said, ah, okay, well, that's the case. If there's a brysa, there's a brysa. And, well, then it's settled. You would save these books even though they're written in other inks. My Tanya, what's this brysa from which we learn that you would save these books written in other inks? So Amr Vashi Kitatanya. So Vashi says like the following brysa, the only difference between um, Svarim and Megillah. Wait, which, is, which Megillah are we talking about? Are we talking about like Megillah's Esther? Or are we talking about um, like any kind of like a Megillah? I don't know. Interesting. So the only difference between the Gemara, uh, not the Gemara, the only difference between a Sefer Torah for, between Sfarim and a Megillah is that Sfarim and Ikhtavim B'chol that Sfarim can be written in any language or Megillah Maybe it's not good talking about Megillah Sester. Megillah, Suva Ashuris al Sefer video, but Megillah needs to be written in Ashuris lettering and on a Sefer, I guess on a cloth, video and with Dio ink, which implies that regular Svarim do not need to be written with Dio. And therefore, um, the Reish Galusa's question about when you have um, Svarim that are written in Lashon Kodesh, but um, not with Dio, with these other inks, uh, that would be acceptable because only Megillahs need to be written with Dio. Other Sfarim do not need to be written with Dio. So Rav Huna Bar Chaluv asked a question from Rav Nachman. So if you have a Sefer Torah that, that, is, that, right, that does not have 85 letters, meaning you can't even gather together 85 letters. Forget about having 85 letters in one spot. There aren't even 85 letters scattered in different parts of the Torah. Kigon, parashas ve'ibn Arun. Okay, meaning 85 letters, which would be, which is based on the length of the parsha ve'ibn so Arun, because of course, ve'ibn uh, Arun is considered to be its own parsha in itself, right? Ke'ilu, you have the book of Bamidbar up until the parsha ve'ibn so Arun, which is in uh, parshas Baloscha, and then you have these like inverted nuns. And in between those nuns is his parsha Vaibn to Arun, which is 85 letters long. And then after that is the rest of uh, Sefer Bamidbar. It's actually considered that um, Parsha Vaibn to Arun is its own parsha, which means that there actually aren't five books of the Torah, there are seven, right? There's Bereshis, Shmos, Vayikra. Then you have Bamidbar up until Vaibn to Arun. Then you have Vaibn to Arun. Then you have the rest of Sefer Bamidbar. And then you have Sefer Dvarim. So, so. Um, the parsha Vayibn Tzor Aaron is 85 letters. So, 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 Rav Huna Bar Chalav is asking Rav Nachman, Sefer Torah. If you have a Sefer Torah 
שאין בו ללקט שמונה וחמש אוסיוס כגון פרשס ואבן צוהר ארון. If there, you can't even gather from different areas of this Sefer Torah 85 letters which would be the equivalent of the parsha of Ayyib and Sarah Aaron. Matzilin osmin p'nadleko en matzilin. Would you save the Sefer Torah from a fire or not? Amr lay, so Rav Nachman said to Rav Huna bar Chalav, v'tibayilach. Well, one second. Ask yourself. Parshas v'ayyib and Sarah Aaron grufa. Hecha d'chaser why don't you ask yourself, I mean, meaning, meaning, meaning you're asking about a Sefer Torah that has less than 85 letters in random places. Would you say that from a fire? Rav, Rav Nachman responds, wait a second, why, why, don't, why don't we first ask, you know, let, let's just clarify first a, a, a clearer question, which is, what about the Parsha of Ibn Saw Aaron itself, which is 85 letters? Let's say it's missing one letter, so now it's less than 85 letters. Would you save that from the Sefer, from, from the fire? And if the answer to that is no, well then certainly you're not going to save this Sefer Torah with random letters. And there's less than 85 of them. So, 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 Rafuna Bachalav answers, Parshas Vayibn Tzara lo kami bayali. I'm not asking myself about the Parsha Vayibn Tzara Aron if there's less than 85 letters because the cave and the Izbeaz Karis, Afal Gabdeleiz Beishmonim Vuchamish Osios Matzilin. Since the Parsha Vayibn Tzara Aron has the shame, Hashem as the name of God, well then even if there's less than 85 letters, you would still save it. Kikamibayali, what I'm asking is, Sefer Torah she'embo lilaket mai. What about if I have a Sefer Torah and I have random letters scattered throughout the entire cloth and there are less than 85 of them, would I save that? So I'm going to end So Nachman says, okay, yeah, you're not going to save that Sefer Torah. To which Ravuna Bar Chalov then, Asked Rav Nachman Akasha from a brisa. Targum shiksavu mikra. Okay, if you take a portion of the Torah that is supposed to be written in Aramaic and you wrote it in Hebrew, because yes, there are parts of Tanakh as we're going to see in a minute. There are parts of Tanakh that are written in Aramaic. Let's say you you translated that to Hebrew and uh, you wrote those down. Or you wrote down a passage from the Torah that is written in Hebrew and you wrote it down in Aramaic. Or if you wrote some passage in Hebrew but, but you didn't use Ashuris letters, you used Ivris letters. You would save them from a fire. I mean, and certainly, you know, we said that if you, um, let's say, would write a part of the Torah that should be written in Hebrew and you write it in Aramaic, you would save it. Well, then certainly uh, the parts of the Tanakh that are supposed to be written in Aramaic, such as the portions in Ezra, the portions in Daniel, the portions in the Chamisha Chumshe Torah that are written in Aramaic, and you write them in Aramaic, of course you would save those as well. Targum Sheba Torah, my new, Yigar Sadusa. What is an example of Aramaic that's in the Chamisha Chumshe Torah? The answer is Yigar Sadusa. I think it's at the end of Parshas Vayetze, I think. Right? It says that love, right? Yaakov kind of ran away from Lavan with all the kids and wives and everybody. Lavan then caught up with him and they created this place where they took a, um, made this like pile of stones and they said that this will be the, um, like witness of our truce or whatever. So it actually says there, Mamish in the Pasuk, it says Yigar Sa'adusa. There, right? And then it even says, right? And that, uh, they call it Gal'aid. Right? That, um, 
And Yigar Sa'adusa means this pile that is a witness. So we see that there is Aramaic in the Torah itself, right? And what Ravuna Bar Chalav is trying to prove from this Brisa is that we're saying that even if you simply write the two words, Yigar Sa'adusa, and you write that in Aramaic, you would save it. So we seem to be saying that even if you have less than 85 letters, you would still save it from a fire. Kitanya Ahila Ashlim. So Rav, so Rav Nachman responds and he says, no, that thing about Yigar Sa'adusa and saving, that doesn't mean that if you literally just had the two words Yigar Sa'adusa, you would save that from a fire. No, that means that if you add like 80 letters throughout the Torah, and then you also, or just 80 letters in this passage uh, written in Hebrew, right? And then you have these two words written in Aramaic. So nonetheless, you, uh, so that, that would complete the number of 85. We wouldn't say that since it's uh, in Aramaic, it wouldn't count. Of course it would count. Fine. Yubayilu, the Astakasha. Okay, so when we say that there needs, so now we're going to, so we've been assuming right now, we've been talking about kind of scattered letters and gathering together, and we've basically been saying that if there are 85 of them, so then you would save, you would save it from a fire. But we're going to see it's actually machlokas amuraim. So, so these 85 letters that we're talking about, do they have to be like together? Or can they just be randomly scattered throughout the Torah? Ravuna says they would have to be gathered together. Rav Chizda says, no, they can mamish be like one letter here, one letter there. Meisve, we have a kash against Ravuna. Sefer Torah Shabbala, if you have a Sefer Torah that got worn out. So if there isn't this worn out Sefer Torah, enough letters to gather together 85 letters like uh, the Parsha of Ibn Sa'arun. So then we would save it from a fire. If not, we wouldn't save it from a fire. So it's a kasha to you to the Ravuna. It's a kasha Ravuna because we seem to be saying lelake, to gather together. Gathering together seems to be implied, implying that they're not in the, all in the same place. You have a letter here, a letter there. You can gather them together. And if you can gather them together, then you would save it. That sounds like Rav Chizda, not like Rav Huna, who says that they would have to all be in one place. So Tirgma Rav Chizda Alibadav Huna Betevis. So Rav Chizda explains according to Rav Huna. Um, that we're talking about uh, the words. Meaning, even Rav Huna would would um would admit that if you have when Rav Huna says that you're not allowed to gather together. Uh, these 85 letters, it means like a letter here, a letter there, Ravuna wouldn't be into that. But if it's a word here and a word there, Ravuna would say that that's fine. And therefore, so how does Ravuna learn this brysa of, um, so how does Ravuna learn this brysa of, um, you know, as long as you can gather together 85 letters, then you would save it. It means if you can gather together um, words that would make up 85 letters, then you would save the Sefer Torah. Um, but if it's just random letters, Ravuna would say that you would not be able to gather them together. Fine. Great. And that's Machlob between Rav Chizda and Rav Huna. Rav Chizda says that these letters can be scattered anywhere. Um, and Rav Huna would say that, no, they would at least have to be, um, you know, complete words. Um, I think that Rav Huna, what did we say? Did we say Gemara Brachas that like, I think Rav Huna and Rav Chizda were like Chavrusas, I think. Right? Didn't, 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 didn't we say that over there? Like, um, who's an example of like a uh, good Chavrusa? So, uh, 
I think like Rav Chizda said me and Rav Funa, Rav Funa said me and Rav Chizda. I think I'd have to look that up. <clears throat> Anyways, friends, that was Daf Kuftes Vav. I think it was pretty cool. Anyway, so uh, we spoke about, do you save translated books? So we said, look, if you're allowed to read, according to Madame says you're allowed to read translated books, so then um, certainly you would save them as well. According to Madame says that you're not allowed to read translated books, well then Ravuna says you would not save them from a fire, and Rav Chizda says nonetheless you would. Okay, then we talked about trying, then we brought a few riots to try to, you know, be a kasha against Rafuna. Rafuna was able to stand strong, and in the end he said, look, it's Machlokas Tanaim. I hold like Rabbi Yossi, and Rav Chizda holds like the Tan of the Brisa that says that when you, even though you don't read translated books, you would save them nonetheless. Fine. Talk about amulets, which is interesting. That it seems like you really shouldn't write down amulets, at least not according to this Brisa and uh, this Gemara, at least not according to Rabbi to Rabbi Yishmael, which is interesting. Um, do you save uh, Sfarim that are written in Hebrew in Lashon Kodesh, but in uh, alternative inks. Originally, Rabbi Barfuna wanted to say, no, you would not save them, but uh, Rav Amnuna brought from a brisa that you would save these farm even if they are written in different inks, not in Dio. We said a Sefer Torah that has less than 85 letters. Rav Nachman said that you would not save that uh, Sefer Torah. It would have to have 85 letters. And then at the end, we got into this machlogas between Rav Huna and Rav Chizda about do these 85 letters have to be um, connect, you know, gathered together to some extent, at least in the same word, um, or can they just be random letters? Rav Chizda says they can be random letters. Rav Huna says they would have to be at least um, in, 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 in full words. Friends, that was Daf Kuf Tes Vav. I think it was a cool Daf. Hope you enjoyed. Have a great day or night. Peace.